0: This episode is brought to you by Broad Street Publishing. I never thought in a million years, how in the world would God ever use my talent as a home
1: builder? I never would have thought this. Operation Finally Home founder Dan Walrath joins us on this episode. Put your faith to work. This is the Bold Idea Podcast
0: with ideas, interviews, and inspiration to bring your bold ideas to
1: life. Here are your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to the Bold Idea Podcast. This is Larry Gates and I'm here with Armin Asadi. And we are going to be talking to Dan Walrath, founder of Operation Finally Home. That is a nonprofit organization that offers mortgage-free homes to hundreds of of wounded veterans and military widows across most of America. And Dan was honored on CNN Heroes in 2010 as one of the CNN heroes of the country. Wow. For his work in being basically a community crusader. And he's the author of a book called Building Hope, What Happens When God Changes Our Plan to Accomplish His. Dan is just a superb Human being, the yeah. salt of the earth, a heart the size of Texas. I mean, <laughs> and that's probably because he's there. So, Dan, welcome to the program. No, thank you, thank you so much for having me. Well, Dan, I was very interested in reading your story in your book, Building Hope. What happens when God changes our plans to accomplish His? I love that. I love that tagline or that subtitle of your book because it's like, okay, yeah, what does happen? And we need to hear about your story. You founded an organization called Operation Finally Home. So tell our listeners, what's that all about?
0: Well, Operation Finally Home, we build mortgage-free custom-built homes for our wounded, ill, and injured service members and the widows of the fallen. We do this through builder associations all across the United States.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, when you started talking about that, it, it, it sounded like maybe you did one or two homes, but... The count I have has ninety-eight homes in thirty-four states. Actually, you completed two hundred, more than two hundred homes in thirty-four states. Is that right? Well, actually, what we
0: have done right now, we have we have a hundred and twenty-something homes that we've completed, and we have another ninety-eight homes in different phases of construction in thirty-four states right now. So, yeah, so this is a fairly busy.
1: This is a fairly good size operation.
0: Yeah. Yep, definitely didn't start out that way. <laughs> ah,
1: yeah, well, that's what I want to talk about because this is the Bold Idea podcast and you know, we want to talk about how did you get this bold idea? How did you get gripped to to do this and and maybe a little background about what you did before starting Operation Finally Home.
0: Well, I was a custom home builder in Houston for over 30 years and I ran a business where we built large custom homes all through the Houston area and I had two sons or I have two sons and both of them went off college and and both of them came back and worked for me for a while. And they both now are custom home builders here in Texas. And we've led a, a charmed life. My wife and I, we've been married now forty six years and we have two sons, four fantastic grandkids. We got married when we were 18 years old and I, I married a PK. I came to know the Lord because um, he he made me go to church on Sunday if I was going to date his daughter. And so through that, there was motivation became, for you, right? I came to know the Lord at the age of 17, which was a great blessing. So anyway, we, my wife and I, we've just had a wonderful life, had a wonderful life, and building homes and had a fairly successful business. And some 11 years ago, we were thinking about starting to think about retirement and and spending more time with the grandkids, that sort of thing, and always involved in our church, we had our church friends, and. And life was just great. And then one day I had a friend of mine call me, and he had a friend that his son was a Marine and was serving in Iraq. And they had run over an IED, a roadside bomb, and his, his son had sustained some severe head injuries. Hmm. And this friend of mine asked me if I'd go talk to the family about they needed to, to remodel the home to bring their son home. My first thought was, you know, why in the world did, did he contact me? Because I'm not a remodeler, I'm a custom home builder. Not, not that we couldn't do the work, it's just that's not what we specialize in. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, Joe, what in the world do you call me for? And he said, well, Dan, I I'm I'm, I don't know why. He said, you were the first name that that I thought of. He said, well, you at least go talk to the family. I said, well, I will. So I was had full intentions of going over and telling the, the family of a good Christian remodeler that I knew and, and once I got there, he showed me pictures of his, his son before he got injured and then after he got injured. And it was very evident that he had sustained severe head injuries. And Mr. Schultz, gentleman's name, he, he started tearing up and and I felt so sorry for him. And I was tearing up and they were needing to get a lot of work done. His wife was a school teacher and he was a salesperson. And, you know, they lived in a typical home with one master bedroom down and all the rest of bedrooms up. And, and they were having to bring their adult son home to be live with the rest of their life. And, and so it was, a it was just a terrible, terrible situation. So I, I opened my big mouth and I said, look, I just, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. I said, just keep your money. I said, you guys have sacrificed so much. I'll, I'll take on this remodel and I'll, I'll get it done for you. So I left and first thing I, I, I did was I said a little prayer and I said, you know, Lord, what in the world have I done? I, I've done <laughs> signed up for a free $100,000 remodel job. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I just knew that I, I had to do this and went to some of my friends in the building business that I was past president of builder association and went to the group and I told them of the family in need. And, and I kind of gathered the troops together and, and we did that remodel for him. It was about a hundred thousand dollars worth of remodeling. And, to my surprise, it didn't cost me a dime. Everybody volunteered and everybody stepped up and we got that home fixed for that family. And, you know, I, I pretty much said, thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. It was great. You know, we <laughs> helped the family and and I was going to go back to my charmed life and grandkids and wife and church. And But, uh, you know, God had other plans. He he just wouldn't let me sleep. He wouldn't let me eat. I just, I just couldn't get my mind off of this family and mm-hmm. knowing that there was other families out there the same. And that were struggling, and their whole lives had been turned upside down. And this was so foreign to me because I was thinking that you know our government takes care of these families, and and I found out that they do somewhat, but there's there's lacking so much. And I prayed about it and said, Lord, what's you know what's what's mine to do? I just I, I don't know what I can do, you know. And mm-hmm. He laid on my heart to to build a home. So I went back to my friends, and we talked about it, and I had. Told them that, you know, I felt like that this remodel job that we had done was a great success. And we had to think about building a family home and and everybody was, yay, let's do this, you know. And of course, the guy that opens his big mouth is always, you know, 90 percent of who's going to take care of it. So we did. And and to my surprise, that first home that we built, you know, I took the lead and and to my surprise, we built this whole house and beautiful home. And it only cost me six thousand dollars. And it was about a 1800 square foot home, all custom, beautiful subdivision. And, you know, just everybody stepped up, everybody gave. And it was a great project. Again, once again, I said, thank you, Lord, for that opportunity, ready to go back to my church, my family, and got a different idea. You know, he just kept the pressure on and same, same story, third verse. I, I couldn't get my mind off these families. And, and I thought, okay, we'll do it one more time. And, so after doing this about five times, <laughs> I realized that God was up to something. And here we are almost 11 years later and some 120 completed homes and another 100 in the process. And it's just been a crazy, crazy wild ride that that God's put us on.
1: Yeah. So from one remodel, you're now 120 homes deep in providing homes for the military veterans
2: Dan, I'm just, I'm kind of curious because typically I hear a story like this. It's because the person had some kids or brother or dad and then military. I didn't hear anything about you having sons that were in the military. So, what is it about our soldiers coming home that you have this big heart for them to build homes for them? What's the why behind your what? The strange part is that, you know, I really didn't have a
0: military background. None of my family really was in the military. Uh, You know, I had. An uncle that was in World War, a couple of uncles in World War II, but that was about the extent of it. Had a lot of friends of mine that went to school with was in Vietnam. And I was was in the first lottery of Vietnam, which I had a high lottery number, didn't have to go, didn't have to serve. So, you know, it really, I think it was really more of of, you know, God just put this passion on my heart. To do this, and I think it's because I had the availability to 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 build homes and to help these families, and so it's really strange. You know, I just really didn't have a family or anything like that in in involved in the military.
1: Hmm. Well, so God gripped your heart. So let me see if I got this story right. So a friend happened to just think of you first <laughs> to maybe help this wounded veteran, and you have a picture in your book of this guy strapping young man before and. Bound to a wheelchair after really striking change that affects a lot of a lot of veterans of war. And you mentioned some stats in your book: two and a half million troops in Afghanistan and Iraq. We lost, according to I think what you wrote, 6,600, and right. 4,000 left as widows or widowers, and two thousand returned with some form of amputation. That's a that's pretty amazing.
0: It, it is, and then when you add to that another three hundred. Thousand that are suffering from PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder and traumatic brain injury TBI. Yeah, and when you add all that together, you know, that's a that's a lot of young men and women that are they're out there suffering.
1: Right. And I read the story in your book about this guy. You, you collared after he went through a PTSD episode yeah. on receiving the house that your organization gifted to them. And then he went through an episode where his wife and children were fearing for their life. And you came over and basically just got him out of there and calmed him down. And so you're not just providing a home here, Dan, you're really being family to these families.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's that's what Operation Finally Home is. That that's the way you know God has evolved this this thing is that our recipients we become just one big family. These young men and women are all over the United States, and we don't just build them a home. We we reach out to them. We we realize that that they got so many needs, they got so many problems. You know, and, and one of the things that I knew God had called me to this to do this ministry, and I knew that. He didn't just call me to build a home. That that wasn't the reason we do what we do. We do what we do is to give glory to God and it gives us the opportunity to talk to the folks about, about Christ and, and what he's done for them. When I first started, I had the opportunity to do this kind of one-on-one because we were just building one house at a time. And then as we grew, I couldn't do this anymore. And it was really bothering me And because I knew that's not what God wanted me to do. I knew... That he didn't want us just build houses and just give them away. That's that's not what we we're about. And so I went and talked to my pastor, and we prayed about it. And, and he he told me about an organization out of Dallas called Marketplace Ministries. And Marketplace Ministries provides chaplains to corporations mm. all over the United States, and they have some twenty eight hundred chaplains. And we went and visited with them, and we have a chaplain that is assigned to each one of our families as they receive a home. They reach out to them and make sure that there's any needs or, you know, make sure that they visit with them, they pray with them. And, you know, we're more than just building homes. Yeah, that's that's amazing.
1: This is the Bold Idea Podcast. Hey, Armin, we know a couple of guys who have put together a fantastic resource.
2: That's right. Two of my favorite mentors, Jay Coughlin and bestselling author Larry Julian, just teamed up to write a book about how to get unstuck. Their book, Five Bold Choices, will show you how to rise above your circumstances and redefine your life just like it did with me. Absolutely.
1: You know, that book draws upon an unfortunate event in Jay's life. He made a terrible choice to drive home after drinking a uh, decision that resulted in a car crash that killed his dad. I mean, you and I have heard that story a number of times, and it's such an impactful story of perseverance of Jay going from convicted felon to successful CEO. That's
2: right. Indeed. And you can find that story at fiveboldchoices.com or text CHOICES to 54900 to download a sample now.
1: Rewinding here for a minute because the story you have here is that you and your wife have well, you've built a successful business building homes in the Houston area. Your trajectory at that time was we're going to go into retirement and do the conventional retirement thing. Then you get this call from your friend and you remodel this house and and it was like uh, God said I'm not done with you yet and there was more to do. Now in your book you mentioned that Carol was initially resistant to all this as it's unfolding. Can you talk about that for a bit?
0: Yeah. My wife, she's such a a gift from God. She's just a wonderful, wonderful person. And you got to understand her dad was in the Marines. Mm -hmm. Then he surrendered to the ministry to be a preacher. Both of those occupations are very transient. So she didn't really have a place to call home. Then she married a builder. Which, again, you know, when you're a builder, your home's always for sale. <laughs> and so finally, we were getting to a point in life where she could finally put her roots down, where she could have a home, where we could be at one place for a while. Yeah. And so when all this came up, she was, um, you know, bless her heart, she was really looking forward for us to find roots and finally retire. You know, when this came about, she was just having to put her plans on hold. <laughs> mm-hmm but she's been right by my side through this whole thing. And she's just such a wonderful, wonderful blessing
1: and wonderful wife. Well, sounds like God asked you to strap in for the ride. And you asked, you turned around and asked her to do the same, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It has been such a blessing to be able to work with these families. And I'd mentioned that coming to the Lord would know the Lord when I was 17. So our whole life has been involved in church and, the very Sunday, Wednesday night. You know, we've always our, brought our kids to church and been involved in everything. And you know, God has been so good to us. And, and you know, He has prompted me over the years to do things that, like most people at church, you know, to do this or do that or, or whatever. But I've never had anything happen to me like this. There's, there's definitely a difference between a prompting and a calling. I'd heard my dad-in-law talk so much about when he was called into the ministry and i never i never understood what that was until until i experienced being called into this ministry and and thank god he did it's just been an amazing ride
2: so dan i want to i want to ask you a little bit uh, about your past cuz right now it sounds like at least from my perspective you've always had a charmed life nothing has gone wrong and Everything's gone good for you. You sounds like you're very well off and very comfortable. And one instant changed a bit of your trajectory into launching this nonprofit. But it's hard for me to assume that you've always had a charm life. Is there any aspect of your past that has any form of struggle or? Oh yeah, uh, something okay. that would make you empathize with these people that you're helping.
0: Oh sure, everybody. I think everybody's. As uh, I don't I really I don't think there is such thing as a, a normal family. I, I was raised by an uh, alcoholic, abusive father. So as, as children, we were we were very, very, very poor, didn't have anything. My my dad was drunk all the time and which led to you know him in, in and out of jail and a lot of abuse and, and and things like that. You know, I've often often, you know thought of my situation when I was young and struggling with that kind of abuse and that sort of thing. And then I guess it gives me the empathy for these these young men and women that are, that are struggling so much with their disabilities and things like that. You know, I don't know. I have lived a, a blessed life, but it's definitely not been without struggles, personal struggles.
2: That's great to hear, to be honest, because I think more people are inspired by watching someone get through their struggles than just seeing their victories. But what is it about your past your past struggles and your past obstacles that you turned into a motivation into building a successful business and now a successful nonprofit where you see a lot of people use their past struggles as an excuse of why they don't make or achieve what they want in their present or in their future? What separates you from the average person?
0: You know, I think, number one, it's, you know, faith in God. And I think everybody has somewhat of a past. And in my situation, you can either take these struggles and all these experiences, and you can let them change you to the bad, and you use them as excuses why you can't do this or can't do that. But, you know, I thank God for my experiences because I feel like through all my struggles, it's, it's maybe the person I am today. And even today, when we go through struggles, when I go through uh, having problems, I tend to look at God as what, what, is, what is he trying to teach me? What is he trying to tell me through this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the old saying, you can't have a testimony unless you have a test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I think that's the way you've got to look at life struggles is that God's there and he's, he's trying to teach you something.
1: Yeah. You mentioned in your book, you had a challenging childhood growing up and you mentioned just that just now. So I'm wondering, you know, kind of following our question here, was there somebody that was influential in your earlier life that you, cause you didn't have a positive role model with your dad, I'm guessing here, based on what you've said. was well, so was there somebody that you could turn to that gave you some counsel and direction along the way that was helpful for you to build the business that you did and perhaps even the ministry that you now have?
0: Actually, I didn't really have anybody in my life as far as family or anybody that I could lean on, or until until I met my my wife and her her father. He was such an influence on my life. He was a big man, probably six probably weighed two hundred fifty pounds, and and he was a former marine and also a Baptist preacher. And well, there's a good know, when combo. He, when he uh, <laughs> said you know said something, you listened. <laughs> yeah, all right. You know, he had a lot of authority in his. his voice and and i was kind of brought up in in a alcoholic home that it was it was so so confusing you know what a father role model was and what a man was you know i i was so conflicted with all that and and then when i met my wife's father you know being he was a man's man but yet he loved the lord and he was he was just so inspiring to me he was just really somebody i looked up to and he really helped mold and change my life.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. It's always good to have somebody that there is a role model. Now, you've spent a lot of years then building your business, building homes in the Houston area, and then God put this burden on your heart, but you know, you had a lot of contacts, you had a lot of business acumen, you've done a lot of stuff. How did this stretch you outside your comfort zone to trust God for something that you hadn't done before?
0: You know, I've got to admit, this really, it really didn't challenge me. I don't know if it's the right word, but I didn't jump into this thing. You know, after we built about the first five homes, I still didn't have the vision that this thing was going to be what it is today. And, you know, I think if God revealed to me back when I went, stepped inside that house and that first remodel that where we are today would have probably scared me to death. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's what God does. You know, He doesn't show you the whole picture all at once. Right. He just provided every time we turned around, there was another person, the right person in the place. There's funds in the place. And, you know, I hate to, I hate this for it to sound so simple, but He really made it a very easy journey for me because I just knew, I just knew that He was in this. And that he was going to provide, and he has. And if you read the book, you, I mean, it's just one story after another miracles of the families he put in our place, and and the individuals that he put in our place to be able to make this thing happen. It's just phenomenal. It's nothing is I can take credit for because, you know, he has just led the, this thing the whole way, and he's put things in place that I just couldn't, I just couldn't imagine. It just I couldn't imagine.
1: Well, what's next for Operation Finally Home? Tell us about the organization and what your plans are with it.
0: Well, we're, by 2018, we are looking to be building 100 homes a year. We are looking right now at doing multifamily housing, some assisted living for veterans. So we have a lot of opportunities that we're really getting into in over the next year or so, and we're very, very excited we're getting some funding and some help where we can move into these areas and, and be able to provide for these, these young men and women that have sacrificed so much. You know, it's terrible that these young men and women, they're trained and they're trained to go to war and they're trained to do this. And, and then they get injured and then all of a sudden they're just discharged and that's it. You know, they, they don't untrain them. They don't un, unteach them how to be a warrior. They don't teach them how to assimilate back into normal life. And we've just got a big job, you yeah. know, of helping these families. It's just incredible. You know, when there's 22 of these young men and women a day that are committing suicide, mm. 22, I mean, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's due to financial stress, to physical and mental problems. And, you know, we, we've we got to stop that. we got to reach out and help these families.
2: Mm. Amen. Dan, I appreciate you and what you do so much. I don't even... Fully have the words for it. One of the best men at my wedding. He's a Navy SEAL. He served nine years and he was medically discharged. And I know his situation could have been a lot worse than it really was. And to know that there's someone out there looking out for people like my very close friend and willing to do the things that you're doing for these soldiers, like building them homes means the world to me and I can't imagine how much it means to these families. So when I ask this, I want you to be shameless and plug your organization as much as you can. How can (laughs) our listeners reach you if they want more info or how can they donate or support your organization? Yes. Well, thank you so much for that. And you know, first of
0: all, you know one of the things that I tell everybody—they they, they want to know how they can help—and the first thing I always tell everybody is, you know, pr- pray for our men and women in uniform, and and pray for Operation Finally Home and our mission of providing these homes for these families. And folks can go onto our website, which is OperationFinallyHome.org operation finally Home.org, and we have all kinds of information on our website. They can read about families. They can see if they, they can donate to a specific project. They can watch some YouTube videos of different families and different things that we've done. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to get people involved, love to get people involved because, you know, what we're doing, we've been so blessed. And, and when I started this thing years ago, I didn't want to be like everybody else. I wanted I knew God wanted us to do this thing differently. And one of the things was, I wanted to give the folks the opportunity to, if they give a dollar, if they want a hundred percent of that dollar to go to a home or to a family, that we would give them the option to do that, and we do that. And then, you know, if you if you feel led to help us with our administration and our costs and things like that, we tell people to to do that. And you know, God has provided, and we've got folks that we have wonderful families across the United States that that sponsor homes and 100% of their donation goes to a home. And then we have other families that help us with our administration. And, you know, they see that's a lot of business people that see the the need of, of helping us do what we do. You know, we're blessed. God keeps providing and we keep building.
2: All right, Dan, I got one last question for you. I don't know if Larry does have any more questions himself. But I know that there's people listening to this, whether they have a military background or not that have a bold idea, that have a call, that have a dream that God's placed on their heart and they may or may not be doing anything with it or they may or may not ever do anything with it. You being someone who has pursued a bold idea and is now impacting hundreds of families' lives, what would you say to that person that is questioning that bold idea or that bold dream or that bold call that God has put on their heart? Oh yeah, absolutely. One of the
0: things I tell folks is,
2: don't be afraid
0: to tell God yes. Mm-hmm. You know, God qualifies the unqualified, and that's what He did in my case. You know, actually, all I did was say, "Okay, okay, I'll, 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 I'll do this," and He provided everything. I mean, it's just been amazing how the doors of opportunity have just flown open. And you know, just just don't be afraid. Just don't be afraid to say, "Okay, God." i'll do this and it's just in my case it's just been amazing but you know god has given each one of us a talent you know i don't care if it's a babysitter or a, a guy that mows lawns uh paints houses or whatever you can use that talent for the glory of god and i never thought in a million years how in the world would god ever use my talent as a home builder i, I mean you think about it I, I just i never would have thought this hmm. But, you know, he took my talent and this is the way he's using it. Yes. And you just got to be open. You just got to be open for what God has in store for you.
1: Ah, that's a great, great way to end this podcast. Dan Walrath, thank you so much for being on the Bold Idea podcast. You are an inspiration and just listening to God and how you leaned into trusting him for the thing that gripped your heart. It's, it's quite an amazing story.
0: Well, thanks, guys. And thanks. So much for giving me the opportunity to be on with y'all, and God bless you, and and I appreciate the time.
1: All right, thanks again. So, I Armin, mean, I told you that Dan has the heart the size of Texas.
2: He does. I love that about him. Yeah, and what what I
1: didn't tell you was, since we recorded this interview, he had found out that my son was in the hospital and reached out specifically to me to to pray for him. I just love that. You see, he, it it reflects that spirit he has about people who are are wounded and, and disadvantaged in some way he's very sensitive to it, right? And mm-hmm. just to know the power of prayer and to lean into that, that meant a lot to me.
2: Wow. I, I didn't know he, he did that. Yeah.
1: It was very touching.
2: That's <laughs> I loved awesome. It. The, the man just keeps gaining my respect more and more.
1: <laughs> well, let's, let's unpack this interview a bit here because we like to pull out all the threads that we can, or at least as many as we might be able to, about what we can learn about our bold idea. So what stood out to you?
2: You know, what really sticks out to me, and this might this might be weird to you, but the, the story of how Dan started talking about how the nonprofit started. One of his friends hears about a wounded veteran, sees a need. God puts Dan's name on this guy's heart and mind. And without hesitation, he just calls Dan, right? Yep. Not knowing for sure he's a fit or not. And then That one call didn't just change the life of that veteran, because that's what we keep hearing about, right, is the life of the veteran being changed. But look at what it did for Dan himself. Look at what his life looks like now. Look at what Dan has done for these 200 plus veterans now. Look at what it's done for Dan's wife, the people that this organization employs, That one call from one man shamelessly calling on his friend to help a brother out in need has forever changed the trajectory for several people's lives. Mm -hmm. My takeaway is this, and it's not necessarily from Dan, but the guy that called Dan. Mm. If God puts something on your heart or mind, no matter how ridiculous it seems, do it. There is no way for any of us to know the ripple effects of when we obey God. Through the smallest act of obedience, God can use us to transform more lives, bless more people, and impact more of the world around us than we could ever imagine because of our obedience to yeah. that simple little voice in the back of our head that might just say, Hey, call Dan. Yeah. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. Who knew that would be the outcome of right. a simple right. call? Right. right? That's insane yeah. to me.
1: Yeah, and he makes that point. He says I never I never would have expected to see all of what happened and in fact he said if he had he might have been scared to death right yeah i don't know if that sounds familiar but you know we, we just had an interview last week with paul young and he said the same thing i mean he's like you know he didn't expect that yeah he was satisfied with something smaller and and yet it turned into something bigger and i think that's kind of biblical because it does say god is able to provide beyond all we can ask and imagine if it's right. beyond what we can ask and imagine it's like way out there right yep. That's
2: right. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> I kinda love that. Cool. So what'd you get it?
1: Well, you know, I was really struck by, I think the same thing that you were saying is I really saw him having successive steps of obedience, just successive ways to say yes. Mm. And, in doing so, I mean, he made the distinction that there's a difference between a prompting and a calling, and a prompting, you know, goes away. A calling hangs on. Yeah. And the real test of a calling is its sustainability. Okay. That it's it, And he just, you say yes, and and it just keeps getting amplified again. And that's what I hear in Dan's story. He simply said yes to something that was manageable, right. and pretty soon it became something that he was inconceivable. Yep. And that kind of sounds like God.
2: That's right. That's so funny. That's your take. That That was my other takeaway. I come to the same conclusion from a different angle, but it was that there's a lot of times that we spend and live in a state of confusion about what our calling is. And that confusion around calling causes more stress, more anxiety, more doubts, and more insecurity in more people's lives than I can count, including myself. I think I get into that struggle once a quarter, right? And... What I just learned from Dan's story is that more often than not, people will discover the answer to the question of what their calling is or what their destiny is by staying faithful to God in the little assignments that he gives us. Yeah, there you go. Right? So no matter how big or how small the assignment is, it's not. it just doesn't matter. It's not about the size or it's not about the level of challenge of the assignment that matters. It's the obedience factor that matters. It's us being able to wholeheartedly embrace the assignment, honor God throughout it, and complete the assignment to the best of our ability. Then step by step, I watch God in this story will only lead us into our callings, but prepare us throughout the process as well. That's what I loved about it is piece by piece, he just used Dan answering this little assignment that he was given to prepare him to launch a multi-million nonprofit to change the lives of hundreds of veterans, to make him a hero in the United States. Based on one of the largest news media channels.
1: All right. I, I got I got it, Armin, I got a bold idea. Here, you ready? <laughs> uh oh Okay. So you and I are gonna write a book. All right. All right. And the title of the book is going to be When God Whispers, just say yes. All right, that's the title. Yeah. Right. And, that's and every all chapter? we have to do is print the cover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I just, <laughs> what else do you need? Uh, well, isn't there a book that says, "Here's what men think"? Uh, men and know what <laughs> men know about women, and it's all, all right. blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and it was a bestseller, wasn't it? I think we could do the same thing.
1: <laughs> I love that. All right, somebody's gonna take that idea, just print the cover and go. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I do see that to be celebrating men like this. The Bible says hold up men of honor who who live lives of obedience. And I, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Dan and just honor him yeah. for his life of obedience here and his example of that for us.
2: Yeah, and being the risk taker that he was to even get it going. So thank you Dan.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, well listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode as well and would love to get your takeaways. How would you like to contribute to our conversation? Join us at Bold Idea Podcast. Dot com slash 11 because we're now up to episode 11 and we'd love to get your comments on the show or call our show line at 612-568-IDEA that's 612-568-4332 armin will pick up the phone personally that's right <laughs> <laughs> and you can leave a message for both of us so until next time this is larry gates and armin is sadie. we're saying go say yes to god You've been listening to the
0: Bold Idea Podcast. To get our show notes sent to your inbox, visit boldideapodcast.com.